and welcome to Avatar The Last Korra. It's Korra Endgame, uh, the most ambitious non-crossover in Avatar history. <laughs> That's right, folks. It is inevitable, Hannah. I mean... It was inevitable the whole time. <laughs> it, it had to end. You know, you want to just... You want to just jump right into Korra to start since it's like such yeah. a finale? Guys, it's the freaking finale of season one of Korra. The evil has been defeated, but not really because there's right. three more seasons. But of not shit. really. Um. <laughs> yeah, this is this is Korra book one episode eleven skeletons in the closet, followed by Korra book one episode ele- uh, 12, twelve end game. Korra end game. End game. Ahead why, of its time. why is like it's such a lazy Marvel, name for the end of a, a season? I know it's especially such a fucking lackluster and disorganized and poorly paced season. It's like like this was what you were working towards. It really doesn't feel like you earned any of it. End game, my ass. Yeah. Like, also, <laughs> end game sort of implies like you know it's been a game of cat and mouse, a game of chess, if you will, for this whole right. season. Aman and Cora constantly at each other's right. You know, at which each against neck. which? Who's the cat and who's the mouse? Right. No. Not really, though. They've no. basically only inter- interacted once, and it was for Aman to say like. Hey, Cora, I'll get you next time. <laughs> not and, this time, though. Yeah, not this time, though. Um, but he does get her this time. Yeah, let's let's talk about the episode and, and how it's plotted out. Um, so it starts off with, like, uh, like, a radio broadcast that bending is now illegal in the city. Yeah. And it, I guess it, like, cut to, like, months later or, like, weeks later, maybe? Like, I don't know. It's it's an like, indeterminate a, amount of time, but it feels like it can't be that long. Like, it feels like it's got to be, like, a day. I mean, it just, it just doesn't really make any sense. Like, all we saw in the end of the last episode was some airships flying towards the city. Mm-hmm. And, like, I guess that means that Aman has taken over because Tenzin left... And there's no more the heads of state, you know, the the council. Right. But, like, I assume there's still, like, a lot of other government that is still existing. Question mark? Or I guess since they already caught all the cops. I mean, David, wouldn't you close the DMV if, like, the president was assassinated, you know? I guess I probably would. That's a good point. So, yeah, the, the, the equalists have taken over the city. This is, uh, you know, the... Third act of the Dark Knight Rises. Um, <laughs> you know. The worst act. <laughs> yeah, like they don't have any like seated power, uh-uh. but like they're just but, way but, like, more it, speechifying and like generally like fascisty like. Aesthetics. Yeah, they're like going out in the streets and just like kidnapping and stealing the bending from yeah. Vendors. Also, like. Um, I don't know. Just the fact that, like, this city has, like, this, like, homeless hobo underbelly where, like, the gang is basically hanging out now that they're, like, um, fugitives from fucking Oman and everyone else. And, like, the fact that Korra's just like, wow, so convenient that, like, you guys are all homeless down here. And it's like, Korra, shouldn't you be more concerned about their, like, being homeless people at all? You know? Yeah, it just kind of, like, plays into the idea of, you know, they don't really understand the politics of anything. (laughs) Like, there's these, like, Hoovervilles under the city with, like, tons of homeless people just living down here. Yeah. And uh, fucking Asami has, like, the audacity to, like, make a face at the food that this dude who has literally nothing is, like, giving them. Like, it's such bullshit. And then, like, the, the like, hobo guy is like, can't we all just get along? Ugh, he's a fucking... wise and noble hobo. As, no, he's as, uh... just a centrist piece of trash. Yeah, he's he's just a centrist, and he just likes, you know, we could solve this entire problem of there being, like, systemic racial hatred right. uh, of, of benders if we just agreed to not be racist anymore <laughs> and, right. like, lived in Hoovervilles. Right, and, like... I, I don't... It's it just doesn't make any sense. Um, and and there's all like nothing in this episode makes any sense. Like it's all just like weird rule of cool, I guess, or like rule of like 
like it's so soap opera. Are you talking about you know? like? Are, are you talking about General Iroh? Well, I mean, yes, General Iroh is everything that he does <laughs> in the, these last two episodes is all just rule of cool. Like he can just like fly, cuz and like jump on planes, and it's fine. But everybody can drive every vehicle in this yes. one. Like uh, Asami gets in a robo suit, um, and she's like. Oh, it's just, like, it's just like driving a car. Oh, no, it's like the <laughs> forklift. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so <laughs> dumb. But, like, there's a stupid scene where it's supposed to show, like, Amon is taking everyone's bending away. But it's got all these vendors, like, blindfolded and, like, their hands are bound. But they're all just kind of standing in a line and, like, they're all just kind of hanging out. But it's like, y'all have magic <laughs> kung fu. Like... And some yeah, rope but and they've a got blindfold. lightning gloves. It's but scary. Like, can't the firebenders also do lightning? You know, like there's that whole like firebender sweatshop that uh, Mako was in earlier. You know. Yeah. It's, Skeletons it's in the Closet. The episode is it. It also suffers from this problem that we had last time. Yeah. Uh, if you recall, which is just bad exposition flashback shit yeah that's what this episode is like most of its runtime is just they they run in they break into um aman's thing like even though they should clearly the the reasonable thing to do is to wait for the army to show up yeah. um instead they're like i just want to fucking kill aman anybody <laughs> else want to kill aman yeah. and mako's like, like I'll, I'll go i have to kill aman and he's, and they're like, Mako, you don't need to do this. And he's like, yes, I do. And it's like, why? Like, you don't have any real personal right. stake in this besides the fact that you secretly want to he bang Korra. Right. But he like, likes Korra. But, like, shut up. That's a dumb reason to do shit. Like, yeah, as we find out, the, he realized he loved Korra when Korra was Jesus. kidnapped. It's so stupid. Also, like, literally everything in this episode is just a goddamn soap opera. Like, there's all these fucking fan callbacks with, like, we get Boomy's introduction. Um, you know, like, there's Iroh. Uh, like, fucking Asami's dad is the one, like, flying one of the, like, help battle planes that attacks Iroh's fleet when they come in. Um, you know, yeah. it's the big reveal that uh, Tarlock and Amon are brothers. Um, and, like, it's so... Ugh, it's, like, so overdramatic. And, like, the fact that there's, like, plastic surgery is a re thing that, like, exists in this universe feels kind of insane a little bit. Face off. He gets his face off you know like that movie with nicholas cage and john travolta yeah i i get it it's uh <laughs> oh my god it's the plot of face off also this episode has in the flashback scene when we see um tarlock and uh, uh amon being like raised together by their shitty abusive dad um he says the most fan fiction fucking line i've ever heard in my entire life um, where he's like really upset that bloodbending isn't allowed anymore, and he just goes, "Now it's illegal, thank to the coward Katara." And it's just like, like, <laughs> why are you name dropping her that way? Like, why are you calling her a coward? Like, this is such bad like dialogue exposition. She's afraid of bloodbending. It's in her blood. Yeah, it's it's, just... it's in her blood. Also, like, I hate the idea that it's just, like, you just practice your way to, like, bloodbending without the full moon, you know? And no, then, like, he was, like, genetically gifted, which is also weird. But, like, why? Like, I guess none of it really needs to be explained, but they're taking so long to explain it that I feel like it should be, you know? Yeah, I think the real problem is just, like, why is there, like, a like a ten-minute-long flashback explaining the psychological background of this character who is supposed to be mainly, you know, like a political figure. It's, it's like, yeah. it's like if you were fighting Hitler and right before Hitler is defeated once and for all, you just take a long time to like explore his, his growing Backstory. up. Backstory. You know? <laughs> Getting rejected his, like, from art what, school. 
Yeah, getting rejected from art school and joining the army, and then you know once he he like leaves the army, going to jail and like <laughs> all these other like just everything that led to him psychologically hating. Right, the but Jews. like it's not even a particularly cogent or like moving psychological backstory. Like he just kind of like is. He had really, an abusive dad. He has an abusive dad. He was good at blood bending. He blood runs his brother without remorse but then when his dad tries to like fuck with him he's like no fuck you dad and then he's like i'm leaving come with me little brother and then when tarlock is like no i'm good thanks he's like fuck you i'm gonna leave anyway <laughs> like he just leaves it doesn't make any sense like it's ugh, it's all so i mean it makes weird. sense to leave an abusive uh, an abusive household then it also makes sense yes to stay because you feel some kind of but like, like does he responsibility wanna... to protect your mother who's also being abused. Your mother It's just not or very brother. compelling. It's not particularly compelling and like I it's just like none of it is done in any way that's interesting at all. And it's just like it's like grim dark for like for to lulls, you know? Like it it's so two thousand nine fan grim fiction. Dark. It's just like it's it's just it like implied grimdark. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, like it wants like, to be grimdark, but Nickelodeon was like, nah, can't like really. And do then it. he told us to blunt bend each other. Right. He told us to. Like he, he can't blood bend. He has absolutely no power over these kids. Right. Which is immediately apparent because they just you know, blood bend him and then yeah. they're like, fucking peace out. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's so bizarre. It's bad. It's a weird situation where your your abuser has literally no power over you, and you can actually control them like a puppet. Right. Doesn't make a, a lot of sense. Also, the line even back then, <laughs> Noah Tuck cared about fairness. Yeah, like what are you talking about? He didn't care about fairness once in those flashbacks. Like, and he still doesn't really care dumb. about fairness now. I mean, no. clearly, like you know, an analysis of his actions would show that what he really cares about is power and Truly. like the the love of millions of people. Like he's, right. you know, like a narcissist. Right. Like, they, they try to make his character... They, like, sort of try to woobify him, like, a little bit, and it just doesn't work. Yeah, they're trying to woob him. It's, trying it, to make him a wooby. It does not work, even... <sighs> a little bit. Um, I don't know. There's not really much to say about Skeletons in the Closet. It's a bad name for a flashback episode that kind of does nothing. <laughs> but didn't you just keep expecting, like, in the middle of his story for, like, another guard to walk in and be like... <laughs> supposed to be watching him no fucking like why is he there like what he's is, in jail right but like what's a mon's fucking like plan for him you know like to why, keep him in jail but why so is he doesn't he tell anybody the dark secret that the, he's a waterbender but why not just kill him or like put him in a harder to find because he's jail. his brother he loves his brother it's so Dumb. I thought it was great when Cora says, that's one of the saddest stories I've ever heard. <laughs> like, even she's downplaying how, like, impactful this story is. Uh, it's, like, so bad. That's, like, a pretty decently sad story, uh, Tarlock. And Tarlock's like, thank you? You've almost moved a tear from my eye. <laughs> Alright, and then we're in Endgame. That's how end we get game. to Endgame. It doesn't make any sense. It's so bad. Um, I I like that they they do draw attention to the idea that there is a secret airfield. We had yeah. this question last time. It's a secret airfield where they're like launched from the secret air, and there's yeah. an electric fence around it so nobody can find it. And if they do, they get shock. Yeah, it's dumb. <laughs> Uh, they, they really like their like shock stuff. They like love everybody electricity. just gets shocked, electrocuted. Yeah, it's like it's it's they're just dumb. Everyone's dumb. This whole show's dumb. Right. I have like no. Speaking of dumb, here's it. another example of just like dumb comedy that doesn't work, which yeah. is um like uh it's uh, Bolin just says, <laughs> "I I Captain Urge General." Right. That's like, humor. No, it's not. It's bad. It's really bad. That's called humor. Hannah. Um, I do like it's a that joke. in this 
uh, episode Naga is more useful than Bolin, which just cements the fact that Bolin sucks because Naga is not even a real character. I mean, they were just trying to like retroactively like, oh, wait, why was Naga here this whole time? She didn't do anything. She didn't do anything. She finds Korra that one time when she gets kidnapped. Yeah, they ride around on her back sometimes. But like, you know, she's not Appa. Like, Appa can fucking kick ass, as we'll see, you know, when we talk about Avatar The Last Airbender. Later. Yeah. But, but, like, but Appa can Naga, kick ass. Naga held her own. She did some cool shit. She, like, busted in, took out a robot, took out some guards. Yeah, but I don't believe that. A robot getting beaten by a big dog? I mean, it's, like, kind of a bear dog. A robot getting beaten by a bear? Yeah, bear beat robot. Robot versus bear? Beats bears, Battlestar Galactica. Um, Robots beats bears. Robots beats bears. I will say the the part. So this is this is the scary thing that happens. The climactic thing that kind of happens uh, in the beginning of this episode. They squeeze a lot into this episode. Also, um, I mean, it's kind of rushed. It's it's all said it was rushed. Really, really rushed. Um, but Korra gets her bending taken away. She gets fire, water, and earth, um, taken from her. And then it awakens her air chakra, like, later. But, um, it was, like, really creepy. Like, I, I actually felt something for, like, a second when that happened. Uh, Like, I'll give it that. I mean, you know, it's like, sure, this was the threat of the whole show. Like, I know. She could lose her bending, but it's you know but it's such a like it's the sort of thing where like i remember watching it the first time and i was like this is such a ballsy move to like commit to it and of course like they end up not but like oh yeah if they had committed to it that'd be something you know but but like but the first time i watched that i went oh, no way like this is crazy like this is like and now maybe the next three books are gonna be she has to like relearn the elements somehow which will be like a struggle. Like, there's so many yeah. interesting things that you could have done with this. Well, we and thought it was just, just going like, to end with this season. Like, that was what we were told. Right, but even, was like... That it was a one-off. Ending this one season... Well, we knew by the time it was airing that there would be a season two. Um, but oh, did we? we? I forgot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and especially by the time the, the last two episodes were airing. Um, but... You know, like, they had planned most of it out to be just one season. So, like, you know, it still doesn't excuse how much of a fucking mess <laughs> this season was. Um, yeah, let's get to, like, the messiest thing of all, which is how we defeat the main villain. Yeah. Like, the main villain of the series is defeated by, like, everybody just shouting out that he's secretly the wrong race. <laughs> Yeah. And everyone just being really racist against him, and yeah. that solves the problem. Which doesn't really solve any of the underlying problems. It's like, it's like just the reveal is like, did you guys know that the Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan is black? <laughs> He's been lying and everyone this goes, whole time. What? Get him. <laughs> but like... It's it's weird because I feel like the show's trying to make the argument that it's like, oh, they found out he was lying, so he must have been lying about like all the other things about how bad benders are and blah blah blah. But like, it's just, it like it doesn't work like that. It's like the he capitalized on like a sentiment that was already there, you know? Like he didn't invent. You assume, yeah, but yeah. not in this, not in the eyes of like the writers like right th- but it doesn't they, make any Brake sense thinks that break actually thinks that the the, the the like hitler was the person who caused you know everything that went wrong in, in germany Ugh. like they think if he wasn't around if you could go back and, and like tell everybody that hitler was jewish or something yeah like it would have solved every problem in germany at the time it's so bad like, like that's bad. And like the, the murder suicide. Also, Ahmad doesn't even really have to reveal himself at that point. Um, like he could have just gone into the water and then like vanished and then like come back later, all mysterious. But he like goes up in a fucking water whirlwind like an idiot. I think he needed to breathe. And it's like, 
But, like, go under the pier. Like, there's so many hiding places. Like, there's so many options that are so much smarter. Yeah, I mean, the, I guess just, the like, point is it's, like, an accident. I was more, like, I was more thrown off by, like, when he initially reveals his face. Um, and he's, like, you, you know, Korra's, like, he's a waterbender and he's like how could i be a waterbender if i have a big scar on my face right. and cora's like it's... oh my god oh, what? what i'm so confused how could he have a scar on his face if he's a waterbender and, and the whole crowd is just like yeah he can't be a waterbender he's got a scar like they agree I, like, it doesn't it's... make any sense <laughs> none of this makes any sense also just like Definitely Amon should totally be able to insta-kill people is, like, something that I've realized. Like, he should just bloodbend their hearts into stopping, and then you win. Like, he can bloodbend with his mind, you know? Like, no one should be able to beat him, yeah. and Mako beats him with fucking the power of love. Yeah, what does he do? He, like, he like lightning bends from a squat position yeah, by like, flicking his fingers at him? It, like, doesn't make any sense, and then, like, it awakens Korra's, like, latent air powers, and she does an air punch of love, and, like, totally unearned, like, no character arc at all to her actually, like, learning how to bend, unless you count, like, oh my god, now I've had trauma, so I'm spiritual. <laughs> Like, right. like, which is a fucked up message, you know? It's not great. No, it's and really And so then, like, you know, now the problem's solved. Everyone no longer cares about Amon, and Amon's gone, and we're not worrying about where he yeah. went. Yeah. Um, so, like, and... now there's just, like, a five-minute, like, denouement that just goes on for forever with, like, Korra just... Right, with Cora like, just grieving the loss of her bending and just moping around. Right, and like Mako not having visibly broken up with Asami yet, like confessing his love to her, and it's like no, bro, I don't think they ever break up. <laughs> they do at some point. When? Uh, maybe it's not this season, but like they definitely don't break up before the season no, I don't ends. think they ever broke up i don't think they ever break up in the whole show the whole show they're still dating at the very end i think they're still dating yeah to this very day um <laughs> yeah that's what makes mako so confused in the later seasons he's like what is happening i thought i was still dating both of these girls am i dating my brother who knows i date everyone Ugh, am Mako's... i dating my brother mako's such a fucking whore <laughs> It, like, kills me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Korra dates an equivalent number of people. Yeah, so. but Mako's, like, the slut about it, you know? Like, he's the one who's like, I'll just <laughs> date both of them at the same time and get mad at them when they get mad at me because it's not fair. I can't control my feelings. We'll get there. We'll get there. It's bad. Um... I love the goofy robot father-daughter fight where yeah. it's literally like they're in these pink goofy robot suits. Get in the giant like... robot, Asami! <laughs> Get in the giant robot, we're going home! <laughs> um, uh, and then, like, I also, also love... Um, he, he he pulls out one last insolent child. Um, he insolent it. child. Yeah. And then he's just, like, gonna kill his own fucking daughter. It's like, this is really intense. Also, like... I see now that you are truly lost to these <laughs> hooligans. This show is Street also... Street rats. <laughs> this, this show is just, like, so many bad dads. It's just, like, bad dads the show. You know, where if, it's like... bad dads, yeah. Like, if Avatar was kind of, like... Yeah, there's some fucked up dads here, but for the most part, we're about them them good, good dads and redemption arcs and shit. This one's just like, dads are bad and you shouldn't have them because they'll let you down or try to no kill you. No more dads. No more dads. It's like the opposite of Dream Daddy. It's all like Nightmare Daddies. <laughs> nightmare Daddy. Um... <laughs> I also really like General Iroh flying a plane into He's the mask. Fucking 
and the man. mask on on Aang's statue. It's like an Amon <laughs> mask on Aang's statue that I guess is just sort of like lightly resting on it. <laughs> like they didn't screw it down or anything oh or God. weld it to the giant metal statue. This part it's just kind of sitting there. And it just cracks off and like perfectly. Like the rest of the statue's fine. But, like, he cracks the mask and, like, rips down the Equalist flag all in, like, one go. And it's just, like, he's fucking Iron Man. Like, he he flies around the way Iron Man does with fire coming out of his feet and his hands. Yeah, it's not that we've never seen that before. But it's, like, And, and it's not that it's extra. just inherently goofy. It's just, like, this character is nobody. Ugh. This character is nothing. <laughs> uh. Uh, do, do do we really quick want to touch on the the murder suicide, which is the the conclusion to Amon and Tarlock's storyline, where they escape yeah, I mean, together? Just in, in in the last, I mean, in Legend of Korra, they just really don't want to have dangling plot threads. I think so. They just keep killing off villains really unceremoniously, yeah. um, and that's that's going to be well, a trend that runs through I, the entire show. I remember you're you're absolutely correct. Um and and I just remember when I first watched this episode back in like what 2011 when the fuck did this first air? Um it, I was like really shocked that they had murder suicide on Nickelodeon. Like even as it's like an explosion. I mean, you can show it's, anything in an explosion. Yeah, I know, but like they like really made it feel like like I I felt like I remembered it as being more dramatic and impactful than it actually was. Like this time watching it, I'm like, this is motivated like zero percent. Like Amon's crying, <laughs> like he knows that it's coming, and Tarlock is just like, this is the only way to end our evil reign. But like they're. <laughs> fine like they haven't really done anything all that irreparable you know like yeah they're assholes but like like fuck it they could go live better lives somewhere else and he's like nope let's just die i this is it's 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 redemption through death which i know you hate um and i don't like it here at all either they could get their faces changed and get married and have kids that they can abuse (laughs) oh my god Ugh, they had such a bright future ahead of themselves, and he just threw it all away. Right. I mean, the big thing with Korra, and, like, this is also another trend that's going to continue for more season finales, is they're going to take something from the villain and take one small, tiny aspect of their critique that wasn't even very central to their critique and implement it in some way in their new system. So now they have a president who is elected by the people and that fixes everything with question mark democracy it addresses now there's a non-bender president literally addressing zero of the issues i mean like i don't even know how their original like council like system worked so like what happened if there was like somebody who abstained and there was a tie vote yeah I have no idea. Like, is it a parliamentary system? Like, right. were these people elected by their constituents? Like, or? that's the thing. It, like, we never really know enough about the former government. We just know that, like, society on whole is supposedly racist against non-benders and is kind of satisfied. So, like, I guess if we change the whole system, it means it's better. But, like, does it? Question mark. But there's a president, and so it's more like America, and America's the best country. (laughs) So therefore, here to four, America's the best because people can invent things like planes, yeah, and robots. Oh my god, that kill people. Evil robots. That's American exceptionalism, Hannah. Just get used to it. You know, given enough time, even in isolation, Asian countries would have eventually turned into America. Yeah, don't you know? I mean, that's just part of what I dislike about, like, Korra in its very premise, um, which is just the idea that, like, 70 years post, you know, uh, post the invention of, like, an air balloon, that suddenly we're going to have a society that looks exactly like colonial America. Right. It's it's really disappointing, especially 
considering how rich and interesting the, like, non-Western cultures of the original, like, were. And the fact that, like, it drew inspiration from all this stuff that wasn't America. I mean, like, how do you just go from, like, a bunch of monarchies to, like, this weird semi-democracy to suddenly having a democratically elected president? Right. Like, the Game of Thrones finale came out (laughs) while we were recording all of these. Like, they didn't just go straight from monarchy to full democracy. They had a fucking huge war. yeah. And then it went to a small council, yeah. I mean, I don't fucking know. It's, like, it's very strange. It's... uh, Listen, I'm at my lowest point. Uh, Hannah, and when we hit our lowest point, we were open to the greatest change. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that's how she gets um, the power to connect to the Avatar state and to connect to all the avatars. It's trauma. Um, trauma is what did you, you need see. To be spiritual did you see kids. from the avatars that there was an Avatar Jafar? No. You could see in, like, the background. (laughs) Google Avatar Jafar. Oh, my God. I'll do it. I'm sure it's delightful. (laughs) Oh, God. Can we talk about Avatar, The Last Airbender, the good part of this show? Um, I feel like we're not quite done with this one because I'm just—I just wanted to mention like the 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 shitty like fake spiritualism of it, where it's like you cried, so now you get to connect to your past lives, right? And we'll give you the power to undo everything that Amon did, just sort of magically, right? And also the fact that it's like Katara can't fix any of it, even though like Amon was just a bloodbender, like he wasn't a magic avatari person. So like it's Yeah, but weird. like he figured out how to like do something that was permanent or whatever and you have to use avatar magic to undo it. I, I I'll buy guess. that. Like But it is fine. just it is just like cheap that that was where his powers came from and that it's undone literally because Korra cries hard enough. Right. Like I don't know. I think it would have been so much more interesting if this had happened, like if she had lost her powers like halfway through the season and then had to actually struggle against that and like do some actual fucking learning. Um, but like she does. Yeah, that would be nice. I mean, it's literally like Mako says, "I love you," and she says, "I can't," and then she, <laughs> and then she goes cries. and sits by a cliff. And then she thinks that Tenzin shows up, but then it's revealed it's actually Aang. Aang. And then Aang's like, Here's your powers I got Deus Deus Ex Machina in my season finale, so you should get Deus Ex Machina too. (laughs) Enjoy. And then then she goes, wow, thanks. And then then heals everybody and tells Mako she loves him. Right, and... and, Okay, this is one thing. Like, in the same way that this show does, um, like... It, it's it's suddenly very, very Western, and, like, you've got, like, Western-style democracy and all this shit. Like, the the spirituality now feels very Western, you know? Like, Korra feels very Jesus-y. She, like, in a way that, like, Aang was able to sort of avoid, you know? Like, he was yeah, the I chosen one. Yeah, I mean, we talked one. about that in the beginning with her being discovered by the three wise men. Right. And her having this destiny, and... and sh- She's, you know, just sort of rebelling against the powers that be right? Uh, rather than sort of leading people and being a spiritual leader. She's just sort of like a political force. Right. Which feels like so lackluster, especially compared to like all the shit that we learned about being the Avatar in the previous three seasons from like the original series. Hey, don't worry. Don't worry. We'll get more, more being a a bridge between the spirit world and the real world in season two. Uh, Do we have to? Nope. We don't have to. We can just watch, uh, Avatar Avatar. the Last Airbender instead. Uh, so let's talk about the blue spirit. I love this episode. Why? I don't know. I just, it's quiet. (laughs) It's weird. 
it's like this episode is so weird but i love it it's like it's just like an mmo like rpg like fetch quest this entire episode that's what i realized well everybody remembers the blue spirit because of the blue spirit but he actually doesn't play that like huge a role in it he does some cool shit though he does some cool shit it's it's a cool design it's a cool turn for Zuko's character, Zuko, um, and it, that, like, in uh, in an effort to get Aang from uh, Admiral Zhao, who, who kidnaps, him. yeah, so he dresses up as like a vigilante called the Blue Spirit with swords, and he busts in and like drags Aang out and like threatens to cut his head off if they don't let him go because he's edgy. <laughs> Yeah, but, like, it fucking works. I don't know. I just, like, love all of the character interactions in this episode. Like, it's it's just fun. Like, I just enjoy oh, it. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know. sick Sokka saying stuff like, I... Momo's the king and and Appa's so funny. Man, that's so random, man. It's so funny. I don't know. I kind of, I like it. Like... I Sokka like, says random stuff because so random because he's he's sick drunk. I like Momo, he's drunk on being sick. I love it and I love Momo's like Momo vision of Katara and that he keeps bringing back bullshit and Katara's like no. Yeah, Momo just did water. the the baby Groot thing from Guardians of the Galaxy two before Guardians of the Galaxy two happened. Yeah, it's great and I love it and you can't convince me otherwise. Uh, it's not that bad, but I mean. It's just like this I don't know, weird and like, subplot, this weird diversion to get Ang alone. But like, but I there's think plenty of ways to get Ang alone. I I think it's fine. Like it doesn't bother me at all, you know. Um, and like I I like like Zhe, like Zhao's um like weird like power struggle with like the general at the beginning and then like the Deus Ex Machi right yeah Hawk. so he like meets with the general and and he's like give me I'll the Yuyan archers you my famous Yuyan archers they're the best archers you'll never have them in fact get the hell out of here and then like literally at that moment comes. a hawk shows up and is like oh yeah he outranks you by a lot now <laughs> he's an admiral now <laughs> Cash. I'm surprised that Zhao didn't like send him to jail for like questioning I, him or something. He probably fucking did, and we just never see him again. Yeah, um, that's true. I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I enjoy it, and and like, I don't know. This is a good. This we're about halfway through season one, and you know we've seen Zuko pretty clearly as an antagonist up until this point. And I think this is the first time where we start to kind of root for him as an underdog and see that, like, maybe he's not totally a lost cause, you know? I mean, um, you say that, but, like, in the second episode where we even see Zuko, like, he's the the hero in the story against Zhao, and there's, like, even in exile, he has more honor than you. Right, like, we, we see that, but we're, now we're seeing that for the first time in a story that, like, intersects with like Aang. Like we're seeing that Zuko so yeah, Aang's is seeing it for the first time. Right. Yeah, well, that's the, the the thing. Well, Aang is seeing it for the first time and for the first time we're seeing that for Zuko it's not that like yes, he wants the Fire Nation to capture Aang. It's that he specifically wants to capture Aang because he thinks that's the only way for him to get happiness, which sort of provides narratively a way for him to have an arc that doesn't involve capturing Aang necessarily, you know? Like sure, but like, I mean, and it's a long yeah. arc. I mean, the the arc would work either way. I just think like, I don't think that this episode actually reveals that much new about Zuko's character. Everything he does is still self serving, and sure. in, in no way shows like a kinship with Aang. They don't like bond over anything. It's just kind of like a filler episode. I would call this filler. I wouldn't necessarily call this filler. I think there's real character development that happens between Aang and Zuko because even if they don't. Because they do work together. And, like, yes, it's totally self-serving on Zuko's part. But, like, I, I don't know. There, There's something about, like, friendship forged in battle a little bit. Like, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend for ten seconds. Like, and, and I think that's a base, you Maybe. know? It's it's not a lot, I mean, I think that part base. is good. And I think that the... 
I think that that part is good, and I think that the part where, you know, Aang is talking to him at the end, he's like, do you think we could have been friends? I think that's touching. It's yeah. really all the extraneous shit that I don't like about this episode. The, like, the frogs and the crazy frog lady. The crazy frog lady is kind of the... weird. <sighs> There's this lady, you know, like Avatar, they always do this thing where they have, like, old people who act crazy, but secretly they're really wise. <laughs> they do it all the time, and they it do. really gets old real fast. Yeah, that's true. Crazy old person, but is he really wise? Yeah. I don't know. We, we also get some interesting, like, world building around the Fire Nation a little bit. Like, um, you know, like... Because Zhao... archers? No. I mean, for me, maybe this is small and stupid, but it, it was something that I remember being kind of mind-blowing at the time, especially in a children's cartoon where, like, so often all of the mooks are just, like, dudes. And it was like, no, ladies can be mooks, too. <laughs> you know? Like, women are also complicit in this evil. And I was like, fuck yeah! <laughs> fuck yeah. Gender equal complicity. Women, We're all Nazis. women Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> Why is I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's bad, but like like to me it's interesting. It's like, yeah, they're fucking Nazis, but they've got better gender equality than like the water tribe, and like that's something that we're forced to like reckon with later, you know? Um Sure. It, I, it, it's, it's like I think it's it was weird stuff. that they didn't confiscate Aang's frogs. Yes, that is weird. Why didn't they take his frogs? I don't know. It didn't really end up mattering though. <laughs> He just went back and got more frogs. Yeah. The time, the ticking time, you know, the the ticking clock of, is he going to be able to get to the frogs before they melt? It doesn't mean anything because he can just get more frogs. Yeah. The, the frogs melting thing was dumb. Um, I like the line from Aang. He says, untie me and I'll fight you right now. <laughs> and Josh just like. No. <laughs> no. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no, not, not at all. Um, I also, like, this is kind of, like, it's the fucked up line where he's like, I'll keep you alive, but just barely. Where it's like, fuck, that's dark, you know? Like, they don't show anything, but if you really think about the implications of that, like, yeah. I don't know. And, it, and it's also smart. Like, it's an in-universe reason that we're given for why they don't just, like, yeah. kill Aang on the spot. It almost makes me wonder, like, I wonder if they had that in mind when they started the show, like, mm -hmm. when it was first being pitched, or whether that was a complete, like, just, like, Added. bonus. I don't know. I mean, like, later on, we also have the, you know, like, the Fire Nation takes a lot of prisoners of war. They don't necessarily right. have to kill anybody. Like, that's how we end up, like, getting through this whole thing, this whole war without killing anybody. Um, Visibly. With a name. Yeah. Yeah, not killing anybody with a name. <laughs> um, I swear to God someone with a name dies. Well, I mean, there's yeah. Jet, but it's also kind of off screen. Well, there's Jet, but also um, the shitty Water Tribe dude. He dies. John. Yeah. Whoever. John Water Tribe. <laughs> yep. But that's later. I don't know who you're talking about. But I don't anyway. know. I, I like the blue spirit. Zuko's got cool swords. I'm into it. Um, you kind of think it's filler, but the next episode, the fortune teller is definitely filler. Like no excuse yeah, it's, for this. It's, it's, but I think the fortune teller is like the best kind of filler. I think it's actually funny. It I is. I think it's actually like character building and it's just, like, dumb, shitty, love triangle bullshit that I love. Yeah. I don't know. It's, like, <laughs> it's so weird. I feel like the message of this episode is really mixed and, like, doesn't really make a lot of sense. Because it's sort of like, take destiny into your own hands. But do you really need to? Because, also, I was right about destiny and shit no i like, think it really is about taking destiny in your own hands and i think also that's kind of the theme of the whole show is that destiny isn't really set out for you it's something that you choose and something that you have to you know take responsibility for your own destiny yeah that's, that's and that's true. what happens they they shape the clouds so the cloud reader goes whoa, whoa. it's the fluffy bunny and, cloud of and, death and her name is aunt Wu. and there's a great joke where someone goes aunt who 
And then they say, no, Aunt Wu. And then I laugh um, because apparently I'm a three-year-old. <laughs> We're all three-year-olds when we watch this show. Also, Katara gets into horoscopes like like she's <laughs> reading Seventeen magazine. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, they, don't have, they didn't have Seventeen magazine back then, Hannah. I they don't know if you knew this, but... Aunt Wu. <laughs> yeah, in, in ancient China, there was no Seventeen magazine. <laughs> wild who would have thought i think it's pretty like they they go pretty cartoony with the whole like friend zoning thing yeah. i mean ang is literally like momo zoned she literally <laughs> goes like i think I like is him. A buddy. he's so cute like, like momo, momo. <laughs> uh you yeah. know or maybe I, she just thinks momo's really hot uh, i don't know maybe katara's in it for momo um i one thing I noticed about this episode was, like, for a, a filler episode, it seemed to have a lot of budget. Like, there were some really well-animated moments and, like, some, like, well, like, really fluid movement and, like, like well, this episode was, was like, not important. Season one, it was pretty consistent. Like, it, I don't think there were any episodes that felt like, oh, wow, there's just nothing in this one. They spread uh, it out pretty nicely. Yeah, yeah, I think th- I think they do generally do a a pretty good job, but like, I, I mean, don't even know. in the filleriest of filler, like, you know, like nothing... I mean, you saw um, you saw the the Great Divide, like there was big giant spider monsters and shit. Yeah, like they would always just kind of they were just really good at like spreading that shit out. They were. I don't know. I was just I was just like particularly impressed with um some of the animation in this episode. Like it it stood out to me. Um, like, yeah. uh, especially at the end. So, so the big like premise is that, uh, Sokka is a believer in science and logic and reason, not stupid magic, uh, and fortune telling. Um, and there's some great He's an edgy internet atheist. Yeah, basically. Uh, but then Aunt Wu predicts that the volcano won't destroy the town, but then turns out the volcano is going to erupt. So they have to like trick the town into doing something about it. Um, and then, like, Aang does some really cool bending to, like, cool the lava, like, as it flows down. And then there's, like, this sick-ass, like, lava flow sculpture that now surrounds the town. Um, and it's pretty yep. cool. And then Katara's, like, Sokka's, like, oh, Aang's a pretty powerful bender. And Katara's, like, what? I'm supposed to marry a powerful bender. Do I love Aang? And it's, like, a moment. <laughs> And that was also a big um, Zutara moment um, because they're like, oh, it's it's unclear. Yeah. A very powerful bender could be, could be anyone. anyone except for Jet. <laughs> definitely not Jet. Definitely not Jet. Could be Haru. Could be Zuko. Could be Aang. Could be could unnamed. Be could be Toph. But Toph doesn't exist yet. Um, it's just like, I don't know. You're right. I I do like the the stupid uh, comedy shipping in this episode shit. and the stupid shipping. Like, you know, Sokka yeah, I supports. Just, I thought it negging. was really great. Where when like Sokka's just very frustrated with like, um, I I bet you Aunt Wu told you to wear those red shoes, and he was like, yeah, she said that I'll <laughs> that I'll meet my <laughs> true love. my true love while I'm wearing these shoes. And how many times have you worn those shoes? Oh, I wear them every day. <laughs> <laughs> well then of course it's gonna come true he's like oh you think so, it's so well good. yeah that was just us literally stating verbatim that scene but it's, it's a really good. funny scene also i love the scene where they're they're getting their fortunes read um and Sokka's like all right i guess it's my turn and aunt Wu is just like your future was full of pain and suffering most of it self-inflicted <laughs> and he's like you didn't even read my pop like it's written all over your face it's just like such a fucking takedown you know yeah it really is and like he deserves it in this episode he's both an edgy internet atheist and a a pickup artist yeah he's into negging being like and you gotta neg these girls you know girls they have to believe that they're lesser than you perceived (laughs) because that is the state of femininity which is like insane because literally (laughs) he's met one girl in his entire life and like that was the opposite way he got her to like him well he's also met katara and he's always insulting her yeah but he's not trying to date her presumably as far as we know as far as we know there's no on-screen evidence to support that 
here's uh, a here's a question. Um, so the the reason that Ang goes and sees that there's lava in the volcano is because he's going up to get this flower that grows only around the rim of the volcano. Yeah. Um, but the reason he went up there is because there was this other guy who had the flower. Right. So why didn't the guy who saw the flower see the lava? Maybe he saw it, but he trusted Aunt Wu too much because he's a fucking <laughs> like fortune telling Like he's looking cuck. at a volcano erupting and it's just going like, well, I'll I don't know. Pass. The other dude was like <laughs> getting attacked by a bear and was just like, no, it's fine. Aunt Wu said I'd be okay. A platypus bear. A platypus bear. I do also love that Appa literally scares an egg out of the platypus bear. That was fun. That was great. It was very um, good. Um, there's some not fun, like, girl-on-girl hate from, like... Yeah, Mang is Mang. just such a classic nice girl. Yeah. She's just like, uh, oh, you know, I-, I can see that he really likes this girl. Oh, what a slut. Like, yeah. He just calls her a floozy right at yeah. the end of the episode, and it's played for laughs. Like, like for sure the first damn, draft girl. of this script said slut, you know? No, I don't think that they would. Oh, I, I mean, think maybe not, they had to up the the the, the hate because they no, went no, no. too late on it, and they were like floozy. Can we get that past the censors? <laughs> One, they totally can. Um, but like, <laughs> no, I I think like when they were sketching out like the first ideas for this, someone wrote slut, and they're like, well, you can't say slut. Let's say floozy. You know? <laughs> sure. That's that's my headcanon um, for this episode. It's yeah. fun. It's great. There's more good shit to to come from from Avatar. Uh, I don't know. Here's a continuity thing, which is um, they could never kill Katara in Legend of Korra. They couldn't uh, without breaking this one prophecy from the fortune teller. Oh yeah, which says that um, Katara passes away in her sleep after her third great grandchild is born. Yeah. So we got to wait for Janora to make Pop them 33 babies. At least one, at least one, you know, everybody, everybody's got to do one. At least. At least one. Yeah. Um, Although we all know that, um, that Milo is, you know, a ladies man from a young age. So he'll ugh. probably <laughs> just impregnate everyone. He'll probably knock someone up at 16. Yeah. Oh my God. This is the last thing I ever want to think about is Milo in sexual situations. Uh, On that note, (laughs) um, that's it for this week, y'all. It was a mixed bag, to say the least. Very mixed bag. We're we're done with Legend of Korra season season one. one. Next next week we start season two, um, and then we get two two more episodes of Avatar. We've got Bato of the Watcher Tribe and the Deserter, um, and we'll be talking the about Deserter. them. We talking about them pretty soon. So uh, catch yeah. you guys next time, and flame me oh my good hot. Flame me off. <laughs>